Welcome to Breaking Brad, cooking up only the hottest of takes for you this evening. Going to start off with some talk about Patriots training camp. Uh, the Pats wrapped up their second preseason performance last week uh, with a 20-10 victory over the Carolina Panthers. And overall, there were a lot of positives that came out of the game. Most importantly, the offensive line looked fantastic. Um, it, with one exception, and I'll get to that in a moment, but... Cole Strange, the rookie who was drafted in the first round, Patriots, Bill Belichick, got a lot of crap for drafting a guard in the first round, especially when many teams had him projected to go in the third or fourth round. Just because they say he was projected to go then doesn't mean there weren't a team or two on the board that wanted to take him earlier. And he looks like a first round caliber guard and has really showed up so far this preseason. The numbers really just do not lie. Um, listen to this statistic. In 35 pass-blocking snaps, Cole Strange has only allowed one single pressure to his quarterback. Already, he could be considered one of the best picks of the draft based on that number alone. So, really good news on Cole Strange. Um, you know, I know he was a little slow to pick some things up early on in training camp, uh, but Matt Patricia's worked with him a lot, the offensive line coach slash play caller de facto offensive coordinator. He's worked with Cole Strange a lot and it has really showed as the Patriots are moving into this more zone run, wide stretch, heavy offense that they're incorporating this year. And, you know, with Trent Brown, Isaiah Wynn, uh, Justin Harone, and Bill Murray all out in the game against the Panthers, that meant the starting lineup was Yadni Kajas, who's had a terrific training camp, uh, Cole Strange at left guard, um, David Andrews at center, we all know him, James Ferentz at right guard, and Michael Owenu at right tackle. So all of those guys played exceptionally well in their last preseason game, except for one guy, the guy who started at right guard, James Ferentz, who missed multiple coverages, all right, he, in, especially in the zone blocking scheme. He really did not seem to be picking it up like the rest of the offensive linemen. And he was just dominated one-on-one -on -one the entire game. And it's looked that way in camp so far. Um, so, look, there's, this has kind of been the theme for James Ferentz. You know, he's just a swing player. He adds some extra depth. But it's a big drop-down from Ted Karras, who went to the Cincinnati Bengals this offseason. Um, he was basically in that role last year. So Ferentz really has to step up. Um, if he's going to, you know, be able to fill in those gaps when guys go down or some someone misses a game. And, you know, we're already seeing injuries at the O-line. Uh, we don't really know what's going on with Isaiah Wynn. Um, Trent Brown was out. Heron was out. I know he went down the last game. And same with Bill Murray. So we're really going to need Ferentz to step up. Um, but when you look beyond him, you have to feel good about the rest of the depth at the O-line positions. Even Michael Owenu, who I had a lot of issues with last season, he looks like a more than just a reliable backup. Potentially could be a starting tackle um, in the future. Probably not this year, but a guy goes down. He's a good guy to have um, either on the left or right side. Um, you know, there's still some issues. There's holding calls, unnecessary uh, personal fouls, offsides, penalties. But overall, the O-line seems to be picking up the new offense just fine. Um, so very happy with that. They were kind of the real issue with the Patriots offense in training camp. So... Happy to report that. Uh, Mac Jones had a solid game. The game started out with two pretty bad three and outs. He did miss 
uh, Ramondre Stevenson um, on kind of a check down throw and missed Devontae Parker on his first throw of the game on a slant route. It looks like he was purposely throwing it behind Parker so he didn't injure him. I know, um, you know, Parker obviously has issues with injuries. It was a preseason game, so he was kind of playing it safe there. But what happened on the third um, possession for the Patriots, uh, Mac Jones hit Nelson Aguilar on a bomb um, on the third series. And then Ty Montgomery really looks to be a solid third down running back and maybe beyond. He's able to play kind of that hybrid Debo Samuel, Cordell, or Patterson role. Um, he scored a touchdown in the game. Uh, J.J. Taylor really looks great as kind of a, a fourth string running back, third string running back perhaps, and depending on if you count Ty Montgomery in there in the depth chart. But he really looks like James White out there, you know. Um, same, you know, small figure. Same tape on the elbows, um, moves similarly to White. Um, we, you know, we saw Taylor a little last season, uh, but expect him to contribute a lot more. And that really has been the theme of the Pats. They just have so much depth at all of the positions, whether you're talking about offense, whether you're talking about receiver, at the O-line, at running back. And then I'll get to the defense in a moment. The depth's even better on the defensive side of the football. Um, so a uh, lot to look forward there. And one guy who's kind of was buried on the depth chart heading into training camp, but seems to be a rising star um, as wide receiver Lil Jordan Humphrey. Um, let me give you his numbers. In the first game against the New York Giants, he tallied 62 yards on six receptions and scored a touchdown that game. And then um, against the Carolina Panthers last Friday, 71 yards on five receptions. And he was double teamed a lot of the game too. And he also made an absolutely incredible Special teams play. Um, basically, uh, Ryan Allen hit a punt to the corner, and uh, um, Humphrey went down, dove into the end zone, saved it from from bouncing in there, and got it within the five yard line. So, not only is he looking like to be like a solid, you know, backup receiver, he's a real special teams player. And if you're good at special teams, Belichick will find a spot for you on the roster, and he certainly showed that so far. You know, many question is Humphrey gonna make the team. Um, especially when you look at some of the depth at the receiver position. You got Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton, the rookie that they drafted. Um, those guys are all likelihood going to be ahead of him. So there's five players there. And then you have Wilkerson and Trey Nixon, who may or may not be ahead of Humphrey. He's kind of in the competition there for some of those last spots. But, I mean, do you really see the Patriots bringing in seven or eight receivers? It's hard to tell. That said, um, at six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five pounds, it sounds like the Pats are a little bit open to having Will Jordan Humphrey play the tight end position. Now I know they already have Hunter Henry, um, who I believe was who was out in the last preseason game. I, I don't think he's hurt, but there was something going on there that caused him to miss the game. Uh, Johnu Smith, um, so he would kind of be the third string tight end there, but that is an important role. And you know, Devin Asiasi, Dalton Keene, these guys uh, that Belichick drafted in the earlier rounds just have not showed up. On the last couple of years, they're basically practice squad players. We'll see if either of those guys make the team, especially if, you know, Jordan Humphrey has a great performance um, in their third preseason game uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. So, really exciting stuff there. I mean, you got a potential tight end slash receiver, a guy that's contributing. 
can help on special teams. Um, all eyes seem to be on this guy. You know, there's always one guy um, in the preseason that's just killing it in the third and fourth quarter. That guy this year is little Jordan Humphrey. You know, in years past, that's been Jacoby Myers, and we see how much he's ascended. I expect him to have, uh, you know, an even better year this year in the slot role, become more of an Edelman, you know, 100-plus catch receiver. Uh, I think he had about 80 catches last year or so. Um, a lot of receivers, a lot of depth here. Um, you know, as much as Bill Belichick and the Patriots get crap for not having great receivers, I know Devontae Parker seems to be their number one. They really have a lot of depth there. Um, so really exciting stuff at the receiving position, although there was um, another bad story that came out of their preseason game against the Panthers in addition to, you know, James Ferentz really just having an awful game. Um, sorry, my, my dogs are going crazy. It's, it's thundering here. But... Um, Tyquan Thornton went down with a collarbone injury. He's expected to be out about eight weeks, and it was kind of a dirty play. I mean, not enough to cause a penalty, but um, there were you know a number of corners, a bunch of DBs on the field when Tyquan Thornton uh, caught a pass in the second quarter. Um, so um, basically, with with Thornton, all those guys ganged up on him. The Pats and the Panthers had multiple brawls brawls um, during training camp this past week, and they just shoved him to the ground about four on one. And Thornton, I don't know if he broke his collarbone, but he hurt it. Expected to be out about eight weeks, but some are saying it may be sooner than that. So, um, you know, we're talking what two and a half, uh, two and a half, about three weeks um, between the Panthers game in week one against the Miami Dolphins. So I would not expect Thornton um, to be out there um, early on. But week two, week three, week four, if it's less than eight weeks, we could see him earlier than expected. Um, You know, he's young, collarbone injuries. But, um, you know, it it is – that's been the real question with Thornton. He's so fast, probably the fastest receiver we've had in New England since Randy Moss set the the NFL 40-yard dash combine record. Uh, He's, you know – He's like six foot three. He's the same height as Devontae Parker. He's a big guy, but he's a toothpick out there. He weighs about 180 pounds, about 30, 40 pounds less than Devontae Parker. So this durability is a big question. We're already seeing it with an early injury um, in the preseason. But other than Thornton, a lot of depth at the receiver. Uh, but most importantly, uh, the Patriots defense seems to have made up for their lack of speed that just got them embarrassed last year in the wild card game against the Buffalo Bills. Um, they got a smaller, speedy linebacker, um, Mac Wilson Sr. He was acquired in a trade uh, with the Cleveland Browns. I believe the Pats gave up Chase Winovich for him. Um, like Belichick, another former Alabama player brought to the team. Um, really, you know, Pats have never really had that kind of a linebacker that can run sideline to sideline. Really missing last year in the playoffs. Dante Hightower looks slow. Um, he's still a free agent, by the way. Um, then you have Raquan McMillan, Cam McGrone, two very athletic linebackers that can do a little bit of everything. They missed last year to injuries. Everyone kind of forgot about them. You know, they're like the Pats. They didn't get a, a linebacker in the draft. Well, that's because they have McGrone. They had McMillan. They got Mac Wilson. So they have some depth there. Um, and some other players. Don't forget about Juwan Bentley. Um, he's really uh, a run defense specialist. You know, it's really hard to carry the ball by Bentley. Um, he had a decent game as well. Um, and, you know, they, they lost Dante Hightower, who was more a liability than anything last year, despite his veteran presence out there. That said, he's still a free agent. There's rumblings that he may return. Um, so we'll see, especially if someone goes down later in the year. I don't think he wants to play anywhere else. 
Um, but the rest of the defense, Matt Judon, you got Christian Barmore, Josh Uche, Dietrich Wise also having a terrific training camp, Lawrence Guy, Anthony Jennings also having a great training camp. So much depth there. And then look at the defensive back positions, the corners. You got Jalen Mills, John Jones, uh, Miles Bryant, Marcus Jones, um, Terrence Mitchell, who looks to be the number one corner opposite of Jalen Mills. They got him from Texan, from the Texans, a really underrated pickup there. Um, you can't forget about Jack Jones. He's a small guy out of uh, Arizona State, but really, really a solid lockdown defender. Um, they got a lot of speed there, and I, I think Jonathan Jones, we're going to see him up against uh, Tyreek Hill in week one. So a lot of athletic, speedy guys, um, but more importantly, a ton of depth at every position. Again, it's the Patriots. They don't have super-duper stars out there. There aren't guys that aren't going to jump off the page at you, but when you have all this depth and you know you have guys that go down to injury every year, they I've never seen a Pats team that looks this stacked at every position, even though they don't have those real Pro Bowl caliber players. But some of these guys may may take a leap. I mean, Cam McGrone, um, the reason he went in the middle of the draft last year is he was injured. He missed all of last season. That guy would have been a first or second rounder otherwise out of, uh, out of Michigan. So who knows? We could see a lot of surprises. No one expected J.C. Jackson to become what he became. So much depth on the defensive side, and the offense is you know, really coming together in spite of all of the, the bad stories coming out of training camp of learning the, the zone run offense. They seem ready to go. Matt Patricia looks to be the play caller going forward. Um, we'll see. Belichick, there's also some rumors that he may be the offensive play caller, which would be a little weird. I don't think we've ever seen him at the, the coordinator type position. Uh, so uh, if Matt Patricia doesn't really work out, I think Joe Judge is kind of in a bit of a tryout, but they're thinking he may become the offensive coordinator later on down the road. What will that mean? Will that mean Belichick will retire and Patricia will become coach or Patricia will take on a different role while Belichick stays? Who knows? There's a lot of questions there, um, but it looks like Belichick um, is going to hand that play calling duty, the de facto offensive coordinator role uh, to Matt Patricia. And it's possible that he also calls some of the bigger third down, um, you know, two minute drill type offensive plays. Um, so be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, Belichick really hasn't given the media any information there. He says, trust the process. So we'll trust the process in Bill. We ultimately trust. Uh, so an- another story broke over the weekend, uh, during an ESPN broadcast, I believe it was UFC 278. Um, president Dana White revealed that Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski nearly joined uh, the Las Vegas Raiders for their inaugural season uh, back in 2020. And according to Dana, they were super close to actually executing this plan. Uh, but it was former head coach John Gruden who nixed the whole deal because, you know, everyone just loves Derek Carr for some reason. Some, somehow Derek Carr this offseason, because they got Devontae Adams, went from being like the most underrated quarterback to the most overrated quarterback without playing a game. It really is incredible. Everyone loves Derek Carr now after basically ignoring the guy for like seven years. And now now, and now Derek Carr is like, oh, he's one of the, he's at least the top 10 quarterback. It's like, I'm really not sure. I'm really not sure about that. Um, but, you know, John Gruden was happy with Derek Carr. He didn't want to bring in Tom Brady or Gronk, which sounds crazy. Um, Dana White said, quote, I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders, and it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up and said he didn't want Brady. 
and all hell broke loose, man. It was crazy. Brady was already looking at houses, and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming. So Las Vegas would have had Brady and Gronk the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl, except Gruden uh, blew up the deal. Now, it all ended up working out, right? I mean, he went to the Bucks, Brady, along with Gronk. They won the Super Bowl that year. Um, but, you know, I, I think it would have been a slightly downgraded receiving core um, from Tampa. Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I wouldn't say it was a better defense because Tampa has such a great run defense. Um, I'm not sure they would have won it had he gone to the Raiders. Uh, but, you know, really would have been interesting. Uh, but it also leaves a lot of questions about Tom Brady's future. You know, I, I, I'm not of the belief that Brady's going to retire um, next year because he retired this year. It seems like the retirement was just a ploy to get the Bucks to release his contract so then he could ultimately... Um, sign with the Miami Dolphins, become the first like player slash co-owner of the Dolph of a of an NFL organization. Um and the the Bucks called his bluff and that's uh what ended up killing the deal and why he's back in Tampa this year. Um so looking forward, there's really been two teams in my head that I think Brady could be playing for next year. I don't think he's gonna go back to the Bucks. I think, you know, that relationship's gone sour a lot this offseason. So it's either the Miami Dolphins um, which seemed to be the obvious favorite, or the San Francisco 49ers, um, depending on how Trey Lance works out. Now, I know it didn't sound like Kyle Shanahan and GM John Lynch really wanted Brady. Um, they had Garoppolo. They drafted a QB. Lance is the guy this year. But Lance has an off year this year and doesn't look like he's the future. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, th- that's an organization that's that was not afraid to draft a QB in the first round while they had a very good quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. They're willing to blow it up and bring in Tom Brady, especially with that great receiving core that they have um, and all the different um, you know, versatile moves that the Kyle Shanahan offense can run. Uh, I think Brady would be a great fit there. But now that this rumor's come out, um, or I don't guess it's not a rumor, Dana White said he was going to the Raiders, why not Las Vegas? You know, it, it makes a lot of sense the more you think about it. You know, Brady will be a free agent this offseason. Um, the Raiders, they have a pretty good receiving core. they got Devontae Adams now, Hunter Renfro, um, who's, you know, people compare him to, like, Julian Edelman, but he's actually a much bigger receiver than Edelman, um, much more of a, a vertical, speedy, deep threat. Um, you got Tyron Johnson and Darren Waller at tight end, probably a top three or top four um, tight end in the league. And most importantly, Brady, you know, still has a great relationship with Josh McDaniels, his former offensive coordinator in New England. Um, and I, I could see those two pairing up. Um, you know, Brady's comfortable with him. Um, you know, I, I think he's been frustrated with a lot of the coaching um, in Tampa. He looks like he pushed Bruce Arians out this offseason. Uh, has a good relationship with Byron Leftwich, but I don't get the idea that Leftwich is, you know, one of the brilliant offensive minds. I, I guess he's pretty good, but... Um, you know, is he Kyle Shanahan? Is he Josh McDaniels? Is he Matt Patricia? I'm only kidding about that. Um, you know, I think Brady would take a real step up in the coaching department and a lot less would be on his plate. And he's obviously worked with McDaniels over the years. So that would be a strong fit. Um, the only thing that I really think would prevent Brady from signing with the Raiders other than, you know, him preferring Miami, San Francisco, or another team that I'm not thinking of, um, is their offensive line. Um, going into this season, Pro Football Focus, which is, seems to be the only news outlet that actually cares about the O-line, uh, they ranked the Raiders at 29th 
in the NFL in terms of their O-line. Uh, so that that's not the protection you want for a pocket passer like Tom Brady. I'm not sure it's going to be great for Derek Carr this year, um, especially when you look at the defenses they're going up against in Denver um, and uh, the Chargers, and you never know what the Chiefs are going to bring out there. Um, but, you know, they would have a whole offseason to repair the O-line. The Bucks didn't really have a great O-line when Brady signed there. They drafted a guy in the first round, and now suddenly they have one of the best O-lines in the league. So, um, you know... I, I don't think that will be a deal breaker, especially if the Raiders make some promises. Um, now, Derek Carr also still has two years on his contract. He signed a massive deal this offseason. He'll have two years after this season. But, you know, if you're the Raiders, if you can upgrade to Tom Brady as a free agent, why not do it? And then you have Derek Carr, a good trade piece. You have two years um, on a, a decent-sized contract. But you got to think, you know, the demand for good quarterbacks is, is so good. And apparently Derek Carr is a top-10 NFL quarterback. I think he's probably top-15, maybe top-20. But, um, you know, he's a good guy. He, he, he does a good job out there. He makes good decisions. I think he's, he was underrated until this offseason. But, you know, someone will want him. And then you sign Brady, you trade Carr, you bring in some of those pieces, patch up the O-line. I could see it working out in Vegas next year. Um the only other drawback to him playing for the Raiders is the AFC is absolutely stacked right now. Unlike when Brady played in the AFC in New England, um, he has a lot less competition in the NFC. So, um, look, I think Trey Lance has an awful year this year. It's just very mediocre. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Niners go after him. But, look, the Raiders, this seems like a good idea. The Miami Dolphins, I think those are the three teams to watch out for for Brady in the offseason. Uh, let me know in the comments below if you think there's another team that I'm leaving out. Um, or if you think the Raiders are the best fit of those three teams I named, I think it's a pretty good fit when you consider Josh McDaniels. But, um, you know, it, it's it's very interesting. Uh, also, a news report about Tom Brady. Um, you know, he's taking like two weeks off from the team or about that, um, skipping some of the training camp. Um, and there were a lot of rumors. Um, either he has a family member who's sick, um, Giselle and him are getting a divorce, or uh, he's going to appear on The Masked Singer. Those seem to be the three, the three rumors, but now it sounds like he just went on vacation. So um, good reporting there uh, by the sports news media, as always. Um, so last story here. Um, we have a new uh, suitor for a potential Kevin Durant trade with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, it sounds like the Mi uh, Miami, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are in the mix. According to The Athletic, uh, the Grizzlies could offer a package built around their First round picks, I guess they have five of them, um, four unprotected selections of their own. I'm not sure if that's this year. I think that may be, you know, in the years ahead. And they also have a protected pick um, in 2024 from Golden State. And I guess they've been making a lot of phone calls um, to Brooklyn trying to get a deal. And look, I, I still think the Celtics are the obvious team here, not just because I'm a Boston fan. I think they have the most to offer. But look at some of the pieces the Memphis Grizzlies could offer in exchange for Kevin Durant. You got Ja Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark, Zaire Williams, Kennedy Chandler, and David Roddy. All right? And I, I guess Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain are off the table. That seems to be the consensus there. But notice that's not Ja Morant. Ja Morant could be in that deal. And you'd have to think he would because, I mean, he signed a five-year rookie max extension for $230 million this offseason. You're going to need to get that salary off the books to bring in Kevin Durant, who also has a, a veteran max deal of his own. Um, so, look, it's a, it's a good spot. You know, the Grizzlies have 
really made a run. They were in the Western Conference Finals this year. I mean, they were outmatched by the Golden State Warriors. But, you know, I think the Western Conference is not as deep as the Eastern Conference now. It's flipped on its head, kind of like the NFL did um, with the AFC and the NFC. Um, you know, the, there's a lot more room to make it there if you go to the Western Conference. And, uh, you know, if Durant goes to Memphis and they manage to keep Jackson, Desmond Bain, you know, that is a, a you know, mid-level, lower-level NBA city, but it's a growing fan base. You know, they, they have all of Tennessee, which is a growing state. Durant would be a great fit there. You know, he's played kind of in that part of the country, Oklahoma City, and you know, it's a little ways from, from OKC, but um, would be a good fit. And I guess, you know, some of the other teams that are still in the mix, the Celtics, obviously, Miami Heat, although I think they throw everything at the Brooklyn Nets, including Jimmy Butler and Autobayu, and they wouldn't bite. The Toronto Raptors, they're an underrated team in this conversation. I think they have a lot to offer. And kind of the Philadelphia 76ers. If they were to get Durant, they'd have to be the consensus favorite because they've had a very strong offseason, and they have a lot of those pieces that they could trade away. Um, so, you know, I, this would be very interesting. Again, I think the Celtics have to be the favorite. Um, but, you know, if I were to bet money, I'd say Brooklyn is going to try to repair that relationship with Durant this offseason. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Um, So that's it for this episode of Breaking Brad. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, take care.